When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. This is Making Waves at Sea Level the podcast for those who shake things up in business and are focused on growth and success. You know, my name is Tom Singer, and I have hosted this show now for eight years and over 725 episodes, and it has been a lot of fun along the way. We've covered a lot of topics that are really important, and more importantly, I have met some really cool people. And today, we're going to be joined by somebody who I met about a month ago who has to be one of the coolest people I've met, and he's doing some really interesting things, and it's really topical around this world where we talk a lot about diversity, uh, equity, inclusion, etc. And I'm like, you know what? When I met James Howard, I said, you have to come on my podcast, and here we are today. So, James Howard, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you having me on your show. So James has spent his career, he's a, he's a consumer advocate. He serves customers' most pressing needs. But at this stage of life, he's now, as he puts it, on the second mountain. He's had all the business success, he's done all that before, and now he is here to serve. And he is the founder and executive director of the Black Inventors Hall of Fame, and he is producing a brand new documentary that I got to see a little bit of a preview at when I was at uh, the Astra Toy Convention, where I was serving as the Master of Ceremonies, and uh, he had put together a panel of black inventors talking about the toy industry. His new documentary is called Black Inventors Got Game, and it's really opening up a lot of interesting conversations. Uh, did you know, listeners, that the super soaker, that, that water gun that we all played with as kids, invented by an African-American, did you know that the, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting what it's called. What's the thing called? The, the, the Viewmaster. Yeah. The Viewmaster. That was one of my favorite toys when I was a kid, invented by a black inventor. A lot of this stuff wasn't known, and he is exposing that with his work through the Black Inventors Hall of Fame and this new documentary. So, James, tell us about the Black Inventors Hall of Fame. Why did you start it? Where did the idea come from? All right. I started it because I had known for many, many, many years that ours is a story untold, plain and simple, from A to Z across all industries, specifically those industries that tend to be kind of small to begin with, but are almost entirely dominated by the presence of white creatives in the mindsets of people. For instance, you mentioned Lonnie Johnson, the super soaker inventor. Lonnie shares a story in the movie whereby he had a chance to go to a classroom. Right? He was requested by way of a friend of his wife's to go to the classroom to just talk to the kids about his amazing career. And one kid looked at him and said, 
you didn't design that. No, you didn't design that gun. He says some white guy in the back of a factory designed that gun. <laughs> okay. So these are the things, these are the nuances, these are the storylines that I've always been familiar with because I am a design historian and I've lectured the country and traveled the country lecturing on the experience of the black inventor. But when I stumbled across some untold stories about these amazing African-American toy inventors, I say to myself, something has to be done above and beyond just an article. So it started out, Tom, with the intent of just a written article. So it appeared on my website as a written article about four amazing African-American inventors. Then suddenly I realized that people were contacting me saying, did you know this guy? Did you know that guy? And I connected the threads and says, this has to come off the page. It has to be a movie, right? And while I was doing that, interestingly enough, I had even forgotten that one of the amazing inventors, the, 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 the guy who designed the second version of the Viewmaster, Charles Harrison, in 1958, I had forgotten that he was actually my college mentor, right? He was my college mentor. So when I put all of these nuances together and decided that, hey, we need to take this from the paper, from written print into a storyline, I just dove into it, contacted all four of these gentlemen, and they were all on board. And since then, we've added two more. David Bonner, whom you've had an opportunity to, to talk and meet with uh, in uh, Long Beach, and Lamont Morris, who is the inventor of the Real Meal Oven for Easy Bake Oven Hasbro. Right. So now we're talking about a story of six amazing African-American men and their groundbreaking contributions to the toy and game industry. And, and the documentary is going to come out in December. What's been the most yeah. interesting part of making the documentary? Because obviously you've been working on this for a long time. You're getting close to release. What has been mm-hmm. some of the interesting things that you've stumbled upon along the way? Well, storylines like what Lonnie shared about this kid not believing that a black man has the wherewithal and the ability to design such a successful product, but more so the reenactments. I've had a chance to dwell into the mischievous nature of all of these inventors. And what they all have in common is the fact that it was, in fact, mischief that catapulted them on an innovation trajectory on an innovation pathway. And for instance, Lonnie Johnson, he tells of a story in his reenactment, which I documented and had a chance to direct and everything. My grandson played uh, in that uh, reenactment. He tells a story about how as a child, he was so fascinated with rocket fuel that he attempted to make rocket fuel on his mom's kitchen stove. Uh-oh, that, that uh, doesn't that, can imagine. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good thing to make on the kitchen stove, man. It does not sound at all. And as you can imagine, things did not go so well, right? So after Lonnie Johnson put out the fires and, and quelled the embers, he rushed to his bedroom to put on a second pair of pants because he knew his father was going to tear a hole in his butt <laughs> when his father got home. But rather than get upset, his father surprisingly Asked Lonnie to meet him outside on the backyard. He sat him down on the porch, put his arm around him and said, son, you realize that's very dangerous what you're doing. He says, from now on, if you have to do that, do it outside in the backyard. And he bought him a portable stove. Ah. Now, the moral of that story is see in your kids what they can be and what you see they will be. 
And Lonnie has gone on to become a rocket scientist and aerospace engineer for uh, NASA. He's worked on many important space missions, including Galileo. And he is now leading research in energy conservation and developing battery technology that's right up there with the likes of Elon Musk. So his is a remarkable story, but for me, the most intriguing part of doing this movie is getting a chance to do the childhood reenactments of all six of these amazing characters. Well, and what's great about that story is, is that, you know, his father could have whipped him and mm-hmm. and stifled him from doing experiments but mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. and and this this goes again this goes across all racial lines you know yeah. it it don't 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 stamp it out of your kids you know if your oh. kids have that curiosity okay. find a way to fuel it he bought him the portable stove he taught him to do it outside he talked to him about safety and boom he went on so i think that's i think that's an awesome an awesome story so uh, yeah. when this documentary comes out what is the mm-hmm. what is the benefit that you want society to get when they watch Black Inventors Got Game? We just mentioned one, and that is to encourage and to nurture innovation on behalf of your kids. But I want the lesson also to be about fairness in the messaging, right? We had Andrew Weiner of the Toy Foundation admit that he had been in this uh, industry for over 40 years and he was not aware of hardly any of these stories by his own admission, right? So we just want the messaging to be at such a point where it's a level playing field in the accomplishments of these great uh, men. And we have since been joined. I also want the audience to know that this is just not a story about the amazing accomplishment of men. We have since been joined by three amazing uh, women and the, their backstories will be mentioned in the movie, even though they're not the main six that we're featuring, their backstories will be mentioned in the movie. Uh, so, and this is all about uh, fairness. This is all about information. Uh, this is all simply about a life's lesson. One of the main uh, individuals we talked about, Charles Harrison, the uh, designer of the 1958 version of Viewmaster, his book is titled A Life's Design. And this particular book chronicles his experience as an industrial designer of well over close to a thousand products for Sears Robux. So in the story, you learn about how he overcame hardship and he became the first black executive ever hired by a major corporation in this country, Hmm. right? A designer, Sears Robux. But after first being told, we can hire you because you are black. So it's a book about persistence. It's a book about not giving up. Elliot Eddy, the inventor of the entrepreneurial board game. He is also in the story. He's one of the six inventors that I discuss in the story. Elliot's story is all about having been ridiculed by his friends, having been bullied and say that this would never amount to anything. And do you think that he gave up? Well, you look at his childhood reenactment and you will see his four friends laughing at him, jeering at him, all because he had that entrepreneurial spirit and he attempted to design his own line of um, Spider-Man comic books, (laughs) right? And so he's laughed at, he's jeered at, you know, he felt he wasn't necessarily supported even by his own family, but yet he didn't give up. 
So this movie is about perseverance. It's about hope. It's about encouraging innovation. But at the end of the day, I want Black Inventors Got Game to simply be one of those must-see movies that you just, you know, feel good about. Wrap your arms around and recommend to your neighbor to watch. Well, when we were together, I was able to see, you know, a short version of it, uh, a mm-hmm. snippet of it. And it's it's great the way you put it together with the reenactments. And it really was eye opening because, you know, society didn't do a good job of highlighting these black inventors who created so many iconic things in, in, in this case, the toy industry. But, you know, you're going back to the uh, the the black inventors Hall of Fame. That's beyond just the toy industry. That's inventors across all industries. Do you have some um, other do you have some other stories about other industries where we might go? Whoa, I didn't know. Well, do you realize that you're a sweet tooth? Oh, and I, I've got possible. I've got I've got a sweet tooth, man. This is this is why I can't lose that extra eight pounds. There you go, man. Your sweet tooth is made possible and is placated by an African-American by the name of Nobert Rillot, who single-handedly refined the sugar industry, hmm. right? And, and invented an evaporator process system that made sugar refinement what it is today. And he was recently credited by someone in the sugar industry as having been the Thomas Edison, literally, of his field, the Alexander Graham Bell of his field of chemistry. But you will not read that in the history books. Mm-hmm. I've never, right. I've never heard of him. No, there, grow up. He's a he's a Creole, and uh, so he has a French um, in his DNA. But born in Louisiana, and he was a chemist and invented the evaporator system for sugar refining revolutionized that entire industry. Hmm. Did you know that it was a black man? Everyone knows about Garrett Morgan, who uh, designed the three-way traffic light, right? But did you know that Garrett Morgan also designed the world's first gas mask that saved countless numbers of United States soldiers? Sure, right? World, 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 World War, War I, right? Precisely. Garrett Morgan with his gas mask. Interesting. Okay? Uh, and, and also... Did you realize that it was Elijah J. McCoy's lubricating system that didn't just help to keep trains? He actually revolutionized the entire transportation industry. The shipping yard industry adopted his automated lubrication system. Okay? The automotive industry adopted he the, the airline industry, the seeds of what he planted in his automatic lubricating cup was translated into all forms of industry. So there was an indirect contribution that this man made to the notion that when you have moving parts, when you have parts that are generating a lot of heat, right, the economy of scale requires that you constantly lubricate those components. And the notion was first set into motion. I'm not a poet, so I know it. (laughs) But the notion was first set into motion with with um, Elijah J. McCoy's automatic lubricating cup. And yes, that is in fact where the expression the real McCoy comes from because his product was so successful that in his many failed attempts to seek franchise from it and his attempt to go out and sell it, everyone said no. Everyone said no for the most part, right? And then for others, he even had to just give away his idea and his technology and then he 
uh, brought it upon himself to just starting to make it himself and place his own name on it. And so when he started making the product himself, because everybody else was making knockoffs, right? His product was proliferating the industry. It was the real McCoy. Precisely. Ah. So those in the know would go to buy the product and they would always check with the salesman to say, oh, and make sure it's the real McCoy. And they were referring to the one that came from his manufacturing plant. Wow. That's see all, all of these stories, all of these stories are really fascinating. And all of the studies that have now come out in the last, you know, several years show Mm -hmm. that companies that have diversity at their board level at really all levels are more successful. And it's not just, you know, race, it's age, it's gender, it's sexual orientation. When, when we have diversity, we've proven now that organizations do better. And I believe that when you have a network that's diverse, uh, you learn more and you, you're, you're better as an individual when you, yourself mm-hmm. have diversity in there but mm-hmm. this wasn't the world that we always lived in it certainly wasn't the world that, that necessarily you and i grew up in and our predecessors even worse so yeah. as we move forward do you think that the world's going to continue to get better i mean we've made a lot of progress but we haven't we haven't come the whole way what does the future look like when it comes to uh african-american inventors and others getting the recognition that they deserve for everything that they've done and will do moving forward? Well, you know, I love that question you shape for African-Americans and others, right? Because the answer to that lies into the mission of groups such as the United States Intellectual Property Alliance, of which I am a, a member of on the Creators Committee. And we believe that intellectual property is an essential tenet embedded within the United States Constitution. And as such, the U.S. IPA will serve as a role model for supporting all people and ideas, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, nationality, religion, age, disability, or sexual orientation, especially those that are underrepresented. The U.S. IPA will seek to include diverse perspectives for the best possible IP ecosystem. And the United States Property Alliance looks forward to bringing all national and local IP organizations together for the betterment of the lives of U.S. citizens by raising IP awareness, education, collaboration, and diversity across this country. Right? So that's our mission, Tom. Again, all about serving the little man has been left behind. This is no longer a messaging just about the oppressed and suppressed uh, uh, history of the African-American inventor. This is now morphed into a higher calling about doing fairness for all. The little guy who gets lost and gets shoved aside, you know, by large corporate who has the big dollars to go to P-Town, Right. And patent, uh, that is the patent appeal uh, board and, and go and uh, patent trial and appeals board and, and go and just pretty much squash the little guy. We need to now start looking out for everyone, as you just made note. And that's part of the bigger, bigger mission and bigger calling that uh, I'm serving right, right now on behalf of the United States Intellectual Property Alliance. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, 
I call the show Making Waves at Sea Level. The whole idea is we talk about way way people can shake things up and continue to grow and survive and thrive in business. Uh, They don't have to be sea level executives. This show is for everybody. So taking what we've talked about around inventors, around uh, DEI, around inclusion, et cetera, what message do you have for business leaders at all stages of all size companies when it comes to everything that we've talked about today? Well, business leaders, first of all, have a responsibility. They have a responsibility to their stakeholders. They have become leaders because they have managed to leverage themselves and lead and have also been approved, so to speak, by their stakeholders. So there's a responsibility for fairness. There's a responsibility on their behalf to advocate on behalf of diversity and equity and inclusion. So business leaders really are are at the forefront. And, and if you're not ready to get ahead of this and lead along those three pillars, then that moniker of business leader somewhat becomes questionable because right now innovation is what is going to bring this country back to an undisputable claim as leaders of the Western world and as leaders of the whole world for that matter in terms of uh, industries and, and innovation. So we need to rely upon creativity. And it's not, and here's another thing I want to mention to your audience. Creativity and innovation is not just for the chosen few. Anyone, anyone can innovate. And right now we need to set up a system, an ecosystem where everyone has a fair and equal and balanced chance to do just that. So as we wrap this up, you know, I love this whole idea that everyone can innovate and that this isn't just the story of, of, of black inventors, but this is really the future. Innovation and creativity will solve all of our problems. And we face we face a lot of problems in our society at this point. There, there, there's, there's, there's plenty of problems. But what can somebody who wants to be an ally, what can someone like me, who's, you know, a middle aged white guy who mm-hmm. didn't grow up with a lot of diversity? I didn't grow up with with racism around me, but I also didn't grow up with a lot of adversity. A lot of diversity or adversity, mm-hmm. I guess. What mm-hmm. can someone like me, and there's a lot of people listening to this who might be like, this is a great story, but but how does this impact me? What can people do? First thing they can do is put on their empathy armor. Put on your empathy armor. And it is going to be the empathy that is going to allow you to penetrate and go that whole arc of connecting with this spirit, with this innovative spirit, with the underrepresented. By empathy, you are able to connect. And whether that be on the first level or the highest level of connecting, you know, by admitting and connecting with and and saying, all right, I understand. That's the first level, right? Then the, the third level, connecting with and feeling it somewhere on the inside. And then the third level, second level is feeling. Third level is being moved by. So check your arc of empathy. See where you are, right? And just aspire to cover all three of those and be moved by it. You know, make donations to to organizations such as, you know, Black and Business Hall of Fame or any other organization that is pushing for a positive agenda to just make uh, lives easier for people, right? Of all races and creeds, colors. And then be moved by it. Write a letter to your congressman. Go out and do something. Volunteer. 
Hey, start your own nonprofit. And for that matter, create. It's the most exciting thing in the world to try to create. If you don't believe me, send me your idea. I will help you develop it for free. Challenge me. Send me your thoughts. I had a 92-year-old man, Tom, just this past week. Bring me to his house and show me his idea that he has for personal vehicle travel. (laughs) And it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Remember the Jetsons? Oh, sure. I have a 92-year-old man who is a former Bell Labs um, engineer who right now believes that we need to be there now. And he has an idea that he wants me to help him to generate, right? 92 years old. And this is what keeps this man motivated. So if you want to live a good, long life, get creative. This guy has over 40 patents and he's still thinking of ideas. Um, I love the idea that at 92, <laughs> he's still trying to invent new things that, that may not be completed till long after he's gone, but he's still driven to do it. That's kind of an exciting you know, story as well. Hey, he plant those seeds. He may not be here to climb that tree, but like Johnny Appleseed, he wants to plant them. Someone else will benefit from them later in life. So when we met, there was a panel at the conference where we were both at, and I had the honor of moderating that panel with you and the Black Inventors, many of which are uh, featured in your movie. And mm-hmm. it, for me personally, it was really moving. I was kind of nervous because, you know, I, I, I didn't look the part, I thought, to be the person to be moderating that panel. But to spend that hour plus with, with that group, to me, was was really moving. And I, I just want to know if you want to recap sort of that panel because it was so passionate. Is there anything from that day you want to share? Well, primarily the, the interest that the audience showed the attentiveness that the audience, they, they were glued to our every word, mm-hmm. right? And what we were really talking about is why we were up there, you know, advocating on behalf of diversity, advocating on behalf of equity and advocating on behalf of, of uh, inclusion, right? So there were conversations along those fronts. But at the same time, it's important for your audience to know, uh, Tom, that we are raising the message up to other arenas of innovation, anything to do with innovation. You have a question about how is a toy made? Ask us. We'll discuss it, right? You have a question about the processes you need to go through, who you need to see. Ask us. We will discuss it. So during that particular panel, that was our third panel we had done together. What had come, what was crystallized Uh, Tom, on behalf of all six of us in the panel, was that this message was larger than just DEI. It's about curious, insatiable-minded individuals who are just moved by the notion of innovation, being creative, and fun, as David made note in the panel. You know, he's just a kid in an adult's body. (laughs) He's a kid in an adult's body fighting with, you know, uh, trying to get out or whatever. So, yeah, we that's what we got out of it, that people are responsive to this whole notion of uh, being creative and they're responsive to this notion that, hey, you know, if these six guys can do it and can do it with so much fever and so much optimism, right, if they can have such a positive outlook on things in their life, 
well, I can buy into that as well. So, but again, it, it starts with empathy, being able to connect with the message. What I loved about being part of that, that panel as the moderator was the pure transparency that everybody had of their own personal life story as, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was six black men, but as, as, as black men, as men, as inventors, and as just part of humanity, the transparency of the good and the bad of their journeys, nobody held back, both emotionally uh, or, or with their story. And it was very moving. Like you said, the audience hung on every word. I could have done Q&A for two hours. I ran around with a microphone to do Q&A. I had about 10 minutes and, and, and it, could have, it could have just kept going. And so uh, I just wanted to say I was, I was very touched to have been part of that. And it, it opened my eyes up to some things that, you know, I had an experience. But when people are willing to be vulnerable, open, mm-hmm. honest, and transparent, I believe mm-hmm. that's how we can change the world. It's when people try to hide things and they take their mistakes and they put them away or they take embarrassing things and they put them away. I think that the next generation can't learn from that. But when people are willing to come out and say, hey, here's the good, the bad, and and the not so good, I think that everybody can grow from that. So I'm really excited about the release of your movie that's a few months away. How can people find out more about Black Inventors Got Game or, and or about the Black Inventors Hall of Fame? Excellent. I would uh, direct them right to my website. That's B-I-H-O-F dot org. And or they can go directly to my LinkedIn uh, page as well, uh, which is Black uh, Inventors Hall of Fame Films. Uh, so I keep everyone up on uh, the um, the happenings with both the tour, the, the, the panel tour, uh, as well as the film progress. Uh, as well as my short video series. I want to just take a brief moment to talk about that. One spinoff of this movie has been my short video series, whereby I have kids across the country ask a question, right? The name of the show is, uh, wouldn't you like to know? Mm. So the kids ask a question, they send it in. And then I have one of the panelists, one of my 15 uh, toy inventors, answer the question, look right into the screen and answer the question. But prior to answering the question, I also show a one-minute clip, historical clip, on a past African-American inventor. So I bring the past, right? So I, I, I'm, I'm using the past to encourage the future. And that is my mantra, right? Looking to the past to encourage the future. It's a great show. You can have access to that. I'm about to download 10 episodes on YouTube. So you'll be able to find them on YouTube. Just put in my name, James Howard, Black Inventors Hall of Fame, and you'll go to my YouTube channel. You'll see all 10 of these episodes. You'll be able to see the gathering. If anyone wants to see the gathering, that is, in fact, available. I'm about to download that, too, on the um, YouTube. And so, yeah, that's how. And, and, and the gathering, thing, the gathering was the snippet of the larger movie that we were able to preview right. at that conference. And boy, and, and boy, it was great. Audience. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was recently awarded finalists in the International Black and Diversity Film Festival in Toronto just this past Sunday. So we're we're patting ourselves on the back to gather finalist designation nice. at that film festival. Nice. Well, everybody should go and check out the Black Inventors Hall of Fame. That's B-I-H-O-F, which is just black first letter for Black Inventors Hall of Fame dot org. Find out more about James Howard. James, I'm glad that we met. I'm glad we became friends. When your movie comes out, I'll do everything I can to tell people about it. Uh, Any parting words for the audience? 
Hey, listen, just to stay inspired, uh, tap into your creative confidence. We all have that capacity. And when you do it, you will be fulfilled. And if you want any tips on that, just get my my direct uh, email address from Tom. That would be jhoward at B-I-H-O-F dot org. And I will send you tips on tapping into your creative confidence. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. You know what? I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we have the podcast? So please go subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, on Stitcher, heck, wherever you find your podcast joy. And go out there and make your own waves in business. Be innovative, be creative, and have some fun along the way. And as you're doing all of this, find a way to positively impact the people you encounter every day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.